These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live, the podcast companion to our print and digital worldwide magazine, Taekwondo Life Magazine. My name, of course, is Mark Sirianis. I'm your host. I'm a third Don Black Belt, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine. On today's show, we're going to be taking a look at the film legacy of probably the greatest living and most iconic martial artist on the planet today. That is, of course, the great Chuck Norris. I'll be sharing with you some insight from an article that was recently that we recently published in Taekwondo Life magazine, and I'll share with you some of my personal experiences with this great man and martial artist. Enjoy the show. I would imagine that anyone listening to this program knows who Chuck Norris is. I certainly would further imagine that anyone over the age of 30 grew up on the films and life and television programs in and around Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is, for those who aren't fully aware, a lifelong accomplished martial artist, competitive fighter, movie and action star, fitness uh, and infomercial spokesperson, television star, great American patriot, and author. For me, as somebody who was young at a time when there was not a great proliferation of martial arts schools in the West, and certainly not a great proliferation of Western martial artists, Chuck Norris was a role model of sorts. He, for people like me, showed us that, wow, uh, the study of, of martial arts and the practice of martial arts wasn't merely limited to people who came from Asian cultures and Asian countries. It's a little hard for people who are younger today to perhaps understand that time and dynamic, but it really was that significant. In and around the 80s, Chuck published a great book called The Secret of Inner Strength, My Story. And during that time, he went on a worldwide promotion, or at least a nationwide promotion and book tour, and he came to the Levittown area where I grew up, to a place called Walden Books, which is no longer in business. And he was going to do a book signing, and people really did line up 
for hours to get close to Chuck and get our book signed. And I remember because I was on a line that wrapped around the building and waited there literally for hours. Sometime in the afternoon, the manager of the store came out, and, I, and I've told this story before, and it's really one of my favorites. But the manager came out and said, I'm very sorry, but we are closing the store at 4 o'clock. If you are not in the store by that time, you will not be able to have your book signed by Chuck Norris. Well, no sooner did that happen than Chuck Norris came out, spoke to the manager very politely, but loud enough so that those of us that were in earshot could hear the conversation, and said, listen, these folks came to see me to get their books signed. They waited online, and I intend to sign their books. And if you close the store at 4, anybody who's online and waiting outside, he said that he would come outside and sign books, the books of anybody who waited until every single person's book had been signed. In response, of course, the management acquiesced and allowed us all to go in the book store and get our books signed by Chuck Norris. But it was a true testament to the fact that he cared about his fans and he cared about people that had taken time out of their busy schedule to come and to see him. Later on, many years later, when I was writing for another magazine, Chuck was the expected cover story and he and I were going to meet and had several conversations regarding the cover story interview, which I was going to do. However, there was a conflict, something to do with the delay of his house closing, and that story got put off indefinitely and never happened. But my preliminary conversations with him were gracious and respectful, and I was really, truly honored to speak with him. Last week, or within the last week or so during this coronavirus quarantine. I published an article which was met with terrific response and terrific feedback called At Home with Chuck Norris. The intent was to pick out five of Chuck's most iconic films to provide a little guidebook for those of you that are staying home, consuming entertainment, so that you could either get acquainted for the first time if you weren't familiar with these films, with Chuck's films, or reacquainted with them if you've seen them or haven't seen them in a long time. So this program, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guide you through that list, and then I'll talk a little bit about some of the comments and some of the films that aren't on the list. So I had certain criteria that I utilized in, in putting together this list. I've seen many of Chuck's films. I don't know that I've seen all of them. He's got well over 25, but I've certainly seen the vast majority of them, and I've certainly seen the ones that I think are considered the most imp important. The first one on my list is Way of the Dragon from 1972. Now, in the in the comments section, when I, when I posted this article, uh, there were a few folks who were quick to comment that Way of the Dragon is not a Chuck Norris film. And you're right, I agree with that. However, I stand by my decision to put it on the list because it is and was Chuck's movie debut, and it is an important film. It is one of the few films, of course, that were put out by Bruce Lee. It is a Bruce, it's a Bruce Lee film. And it is also known, by the way, for those of you who may know it under the name The Return of the Dragon. Uh, it was later um, released under the name Return of the Dragon. 
But Bruce Lee had great respect for Chuck Norris and put Chuck in this in this film, which was a great testament to Chuck's capabilities and Bruce's respect for him, something that Bruce was very, very selective about the martial artists that appeared alongside him in the films, especially in this film because it contains a 10-minute screen battle between Norris and Lee. I'm not sure how long the, the original fight was, but it was edited down to a 10-minute spirited brawl between Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris. And for those of us that, you know, virtually every person that I interview over the age of 30 tells me that they were influenced to get involved in the martial arts by watching Bruce Lee, who only had a handful of films. And if you think about that, and you think about the fact that Chuck Norris is still with us, it is a great link to the iconic Bruce Lee. So therefore, even though it was not a Chuck Norris film per se, I certainly think it deserves to be on the list, maybe even higher on the list, but because it's not a Chuck Norris film, I put it as number five. Number four is 1978's Good Guys Wear Black. And while this wasn't Chuck's first leading role, it was really was his breakthrough leading role. Um, he played a U.S. intelligence officer investigating uh, the murders of members of his Vietnam War pl pl platoon. And the important thing about the film, while, it's a, while it is a good film, it has a good story, um, Chuck has got good screen presence, is that it solidified both Chuck Norris and martial arts movies as viable for Hollywood. Before this, many of the martial arts action films were coming out of Shaw Brothers and coming out of Golden Harvest in Asia, and Hollywood hadn't per se taken a great interest in producing martial arts action films because they didn't believe that they necessarily would be the, the one thing that really matters to Hollywood, right? Uh, financially viable. Chuck Norris's film, Good Guys Wear Black, made a ton of money relative to what the cost of the film was, and it solidified Chuck Norris as a screen legend and as a bankable star and solidified the place of martial arts action films, modern martial arts action films, as viable financial Hollywood properties. Number three, A Force of One from 1979. I love this film. Chuck Norris is a kickboxer in it, something that is was true in his in his life, something that he did competitively. But in the film, he goes undercover to help a police department find a serial killer. The film stars, also stars, Bill Superfoot Wallace, again, another t uh, martial arts legend, somebody who is also with us today, uh, somebody who was interviewed in an earlier issue of Taekwondo Life magazine by Master David Hayes in a great uh, article and appears also in Ronnie Molina's book, um, Talking to the Masters, uh, another program that we had uh, done earlier on, the, on this podcast. Uh, the fighting is excellent. The final fight scene is really legendary in this film, and it's a really fun film to watch, and uh, I, I highly recommend it. Like The Way of the Dragon, and like you'll see for Lone Wolf McQuaid, these tend to have a theme of having martial arts legends appear side by side in films that I like. The next one, number two, Lone Wolf McQuaid from 1983, Chuck Norris 
as a Texas Ranger, uh, a, a role that would become ultimately not exactly the same role, but would probably be the inspiration for his uh, Walker Texas Ranger television series, which appeared on television for many years. Um, in this film, he pitted against Kung Fu's David Carradine, another iconic martial arts television star and movie star. For those who aren't that familiar, for me growing up, there was not a tremendous um, amount of martial arts television, certainly, and we certainly didn't have um, all of the streaming services and internet and cable. So Kung Fu was a terrific and inspiring television show. Uh, it's become somewhat controversial for a number of reasons. Number one is that Carradine plays a half Chinese um, individual in the show, Kwai uh, Chen Kane, and he is not Asian. So it is it is seen as being racially insensitive, despite the fact that I think the show, in its heart and in its intent, um, really wished to show great respect to the Chinese, to Kung Fu, and to Asian culture, and to point out a lot of Western racism. It is somewhat ironic that they chose a non-Asian character. The other reason is that there's some controversy as to whether or not this treatment was ultimately stolen from Bruce Lee and that Bruce Lee wrote the concept and, and intended to play the role, but because of his being Asian and difficult sometimes to understand in his pronunciation or believed to be difficult to understand, that the, the role went to Carradine. However, in Lone Wolf McQuaid, it is very uh, fun to see Chuck Norris stand up and and be pitted against Carradine as a, a bad guy in, in, in the film, uh, as the arch nemesis in the film. And I, I enjoyed it. It, it. it is a good film. Uh, Norris's performance as a Texas Ranger, his subtle, quiet, strong performance was actually compared by movie reviewers at the time to Clint Eastwood, which is really quite a, a high compliment considering that Eastwood's considered to be a truly, you know, fine actor and developed into obviously a great director and screenwriter. The number one film for me of Chuck Norris all time, 1980s, The Octagon. Um, this film is loaded with martial arts action. Um, it involves a ninja terrorists, which are led by, uh, to make the story more dramatic, Chuck's half-brother, Tadashi Yamashita. Uh, the film also stars Lee Van Cleef, who probably, many of you may not know the name, but probably would know the face, is probably one of the most iconic character actors of the 20th century. Um, this is a great film. About a month ago, I, I saw it for the first time in about 25 years on one of the streaming services, and it really holds up. Uh, it, it is a very well done movie. One of the things that I think, and I meant I, I had a conversation which will um, be on this show in several weeks with um, also legendary movie star and Taekwondo Philippine champion Mansoor Del Rosario. And one of the things that we talked about in Chuck Norris films is that unlike many films that had come before, uh, the stunts, the action, the filmmaking, they involve Chuck doing his own stunts, um, close-ups, 
You don't have a faraway shot of a guy wearing a Chuck Norris wig and glasses um, who's trained in the martial arts but but doesn't act. Uh, these are uh, close-up, realistic fight scenes where Chuck goes hand-to-hand with one and s- several other individuals, and it, it really does make it enjoyable to watch uh, and worth the investment of your time. When I posted the list... A lot of people agreed with the list. Some agreed actually uniformly with the list. But there are those that that promoted their own uh, ideas as to what they think Chuck's best films were. And uh, I'll mention those. Uh, none of these, I think, are bad movies. I just, th- again, they didn't make, ev- not everyone can make the top five, right? So uh, John Hall had said, what about Code of Silence? Code of Silence is a gr- another great movie. Uh, Chuck plays a sort of, uh, honest cop surrounded by uh, some uh, dishonest police officers and the mob. There's a couple of great fight scenes um, in in that movie. Uh, Dennis Farina's in it, I, I think. Um, and it it is also a good movie. Um, an Eye for an Eye, another very good, good movie. Uh, Silent Rage. I loved Silent Rage when it came out. It's sort of a sci-fi horror martial arts film starring Chuck. It's a little bit on the low-budget side, uh, but it has some great fight scenes, and it is a little bit scary. And then there were a number of other films that people mentioned, Invasion USA, the Delta Force films, the Expendables. All of those are great. I enjoy those. Uh, Again, let's make no mistake about it. I, I am a big fan of Chuck Norris, and I'm a big fan of Chuck Norris as a movie star and as an action star. However, for me... The great strength of watching Chuck Norris and enjoying Chuck Norris films are the ones where he tends to focus more on being a martial artist as opposed to a Rambo-type patriotic action star, which some of those other ones, the Delta Force, the Invasion USA, the Expendables, those tend to fall into that category. So while they're enjoyable, they are not necessarily for me in the top five. However, I think you can't go wrong. I know that particularly in this time while people are home, um, we're not training as much as as we want to. Uh, I think that we crave martial arts content and good martial arts content. And what I would say to you is I think if you were to sit home, spend some time, watch any Chuck Norris movie, you'll enjoy it. I'd love to hear from you at home. If Do you agree with my list? Do you disagree with my list? Um, tell me what films you like, which ones I may have missed, and uh, we look forward. I've reached out to Chuck Norris in the hopes that I'll have an opportunity to have a conversation with him sometime over the next couple of weeks. Um, We do share a number of things in in common, uh, including uh, great and mutual respect for June Ree and and June Ree's family. So I look forward to that. I look forward to bringing you more information on that. And I thank you for listening, and I hope you are all safe and well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.